Lord of mercy. I was fired. <laughs> I was fired even though I thought I, I thought I was doing so well. <laughs> and that's a story about how I almost got trampled by an elephant. But he meant so well, Andrew. There it is. There's the climax, the story of my life sometimes. But he meant so well. Welcome to another episode of But He Meant So Well, an audio repository of infamous stories and memories of our subject and my father, Frank Passarelli. I'm your host, Little Andy, and today we are going to explore my father's adventures during his service to our country in the Army, National Guard, and military police, complete with stories of throwing grenades, mistakenly falling from a helicopter, and his experience during the race riots in Newark, New Jersey. So, without further ado, here's Frankie P. The day after I graduated, I went down and raised my hand and joined the Army and enlisted in the United States Army. At that time, you were initially in the Guard to enroll, to go to active duty as far as the Army was concerned. And then when you were ready to go, they would send you for eight weeks of active duty in the Army. And I went to Fort Dix initially, then I went to Fort Belgium, not Fort Belgium, Fort Eustace. Uh, went to jump school at Fort Eustis. Actually, jumped out of an airplane for God's sake. I never. I just thought about that. No, I didn't jump out of an airplane. Stand back. I went to jump school, but I never jumped out of a plane. I jumped out of one of those towers. So I was infantry the whole time, and then I decided I didn't want to stay as an NCO. I wanted to be an officer. I went to OCS. I went to Officer Candidate School. Uh, so you became an officer. Became an officer, as a second lieutenant, and went back uh, to the infantry uh, with the unit and the National Guard. And what happens every year after that, you went to two weeks of active duty. You went to an actual camp uh, like Fort Belvoir, places like that, where you actually did your two weeks of active duty with the Army. And you you train there. Mm-hmm. And I would train with my unit as a second lieutenant. And then um, we had a problem that I was involved with. My company, which consisted of four platoons of 42 people in each platoon, okay? We had to go out on uh, maneuvers. And one of the maneuvers was to deploy from a helicopter down to an LZ and attack the, uh, the, the target. So I'm in the door of the helicopter that I'm ready to go out of. And normally the way the helicopters practice doing it. How many people do you have in the helicopter? Uh, in the helicopter, there was 12. Okay, so pretty good size helicopter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of those double doors, Sikorsky's. And uh, so we all come into the door. And uh, I'm watching all my guys going out. And normally the helicopters hover at about anywhere from three to four feet because they would never land because you never knew if there was a landmine down there that you would be blowing into. Of course, this is a practice thing. And if you blew one up, it would be just green gas or something like that, you know, a deploy thing. So they were at three to four feet, just good jump zone area. And the guys would bail out and they'd tail out. And then they would deploy around the chopper to make sure everybody was set. And they would be facing outward to see if there was any enemy who might shoot him. So my turn came, and I'm the last guy out. <clears throat> Updraft. Whoop, I'm out at 10 feet. Go down, break my right leg. So it, this, is, this is an actual problem that you got to go through, just as if you were in, you know, in Vietnam or something like that. This is, what are you going to do with the lieutenant? Let him just lay there and screw him. You know, he's, he's got a broken leg. No, they had a... Fixed the leg with the braces. The medic came over and did his thing with the leg. And they put me in a, uh, a little uh, carry uh, uh, envelope thing that they called it. it was two bars and uh, a poncho uh, in that. And you got into the poncho and you 
carried on the problem. And you gave orders from there to your sergeant and everybody else, and you continued on with the problem. As it turned out, we won the award because we had we had the, the worst adverse situation because I had the broken leg and they had, had worked through the problem. And then the NCOs and all the guys in my outfit went through the problem and they did a good job. And that's why we won the award for that particular deployment. And, uh, yeah. and you won the award for... Oh, biggest asshole in the <laughs> world. <you know? laughs> you don't get an award for jumping out of a frigging plane at 10 feet. Holy crap. Too much, but then, but then right after that, I guess because of the, my ability, my ability to do things, right, I got my my butter bar, and that means I got a first lieutenant, so I was a first lieutenant. Um, and then, we had our next deployment, which was the real thing. Unfortunately, um, Martin Luther King was assassinated, and there were riots in Newark. And uh, we were, of course, stationed there at uh, Brielle uh, with our unit, and we were called out as reservists. We were called out. Uh, you have any National Guard and uh, at that time, I was a commander in charge of armored personnel carriers for our infantry unit. The infantry unit had armored personnel carriers where you could put a squad, which was which was uh, 12 people in each one of the APCs, and they had the trap door that you go down, and they got into it. And then you had a 50 caliber up on top, and the driver would be with the armored personnel carrier. We would go into combat that way. That's how you transported people back then. So here we are now at a Brielle. We head down, we head up to Newark, where all the riots were going on. Can you get some of the National Guard from up here so some of our men can take up, walk around a little bit? They got it down up here pretty good. That's a 169, right? That's right, buddy. Okay. We were not deployed well in relation to what we had to learn. We did not know how to use gas masks and everything the way we should have. We just didn't learn as well as we should have. We were reservists compared to what you did on active duty. So I've got my guys now in the APC, and we're driving right down Main Street in through Newark, and we can hear the bullets popping off. In fact, the guy who was up on top with the 50, he dropped the cupola and came back down inside because he would have been a sitting target right up there. And what they were doing, Andrew, was they were firing from the apartment buildings. At 94 7th Avenue, they're shooting from the roofs. Because many of us maybe not have been totally rifle trained the way they should have or deployed in relation to making sure your targets were right, they would put a child in the window after they shot from the window. And many of those kids were killed by, by infantry people with indiscriminate fire who would train on an area that they thought the fire came from, and all of a sudden the child was there, the child would be killed. But none of us could go into an apartment building because you'd have too many apartments to look at. So those guys got away with all kinds of crap in regard to it. So we were then messaged by our company commander to pull out. Radio to command, Army command. I'm in, up in that second precinct, Sussex, Orange, all through that area. Pull out of that area. Everybody pull out. The man with the bullhorn, make this announcement to the men on foot. Tell them to get out of that area. We had to leave from the area because we had no military capability whatsoever in regard to those apartment buildings with those people firing at us from that range. I mean, you've got the down targets, and we're going along on a, a Main Street with an APC. Just not going to happen. If I deployed those guys out of there, probably would have lost half of them. 41, 41. 
Then they send in the regular police, okay? And the regular police tear gassed everything. In fact, they were really bad at it, worse than we were, because not only did they gas as many things as they thought they had to, they gassed an entire hospital that had to be evacuated by mistake. Not because they wanted to, but it was by mistake. So this was the situation that you had back when those riots occurred. There were a lot of people who were ill-trained from the civilian viewpoint of how to deal with things at that time. And many people were killed innocently. There were a lot of people that were evacuated improperly, etc. Everybody learned from the experience, but it wasn't the best time to have to have the kind of field training like that in actual situations. I've seen a photo of you in green fatigues with a um, rocket launcher and palm trees. And so... Explain this photo to well, me. Well, you had you had to learn how to use the various elements of the weaponry that you have, and one of them was a bazooka, which was basically used as an anti-tank weapon. So everybody who was involved from the infantry viewpoint had to learn how to use a bazooka. Right. Where is this photo taken? That was in Hawaii. Okay. That's where we had the training in Hawaii. That sounds like a pretty good place to train. Well, it wasn't too bad, but you still worked hard. I mean, you had fun, but you still had to train, and that's where I learned how to shoot the bazooka, which at that time... Those things were huge. They weren't exactly those little ones like they have now. You flip open the trap, you put the eye lip down, and you've got a, a disposal thing like that. Right. Back then, that bazooka was twice the same length of my arm. It would be out to here to this end and all the way out the back. And if you had, if you were standing behind the bazooka, you get the shit knocked out of you. So you made sure you weren't in there for the afterblast, <laughs> or you'd be a dead duck. So that's how big, and those shells were huge. In fact... The bazooka was basically a two-man weapon. You needed somebody to load it from the back who would then tap you on the helmet and say, fire, <laughs> and you'd fire. So, and you could, you'd could switch, you know, back and forth. I was thinking maybe you were deployed somewhere else. No. Palm oof, trees. That wasn't too bad. But, yeah, because you're very, you're very masculine in your photo, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your bazooka yeah. over your shoulder. Well, the other the other ones that were not too much fun to be either involved with the entry was throwing grenades, hand grenades the live aspect of it? I imagine not. Well, I mean, I was okay because I could throw the things, and I knew exactly when I watched the training, I wasn't stupid. And the way they had their training done, you were in this uh, little coverlet area, which was surrounded with cement, and down below it, you had like a sump, that if you pulled the pin, okay, or the guy, and the guy panicked, and a lot of guys would, the instructor knew what to do. He'd take it out of your hand, and he'd drop it down in the sump. And the sump was completely enclosed in uh, hard concrete and everything else, and when it exploded, it exploded underground. So nobody would get killed above. And you had to learn how to do that. You would basically pull the pin, you let it go, and you and you throw it with your overhand out into the open area, and it would explode. And and then you cover and you cover and get underground and behind your shelving. And I I didn't have to do it, but they had um, staff sergeants that their deployment whenever somebody threw a hand grenade out into the practice range. If it didn't go off, they had to go back out there and put the pin back in. They got hazardous duty pay for this stuff, but I don't even know how many of them actually survived or had explosions. But the one guy, when I saw it happen, the guy went out there, put the pin back in, and he didn't get killed. But I, I would never want that freaking job. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jeez, God.
one of the exercises that you had to go through was learning how to low crawl with your, M, your M1 rifle. And it was usually at a, at a, a course that you had barbed wire above your head and you had to crawl with the uh, uh, weapon on your arms in such a way while a 50 caliber machine gun fired over your head and this was live rounds and every fifth round was a tracer because this was done at night and you could see the tracer rounds every time the fifth one came out because it's lit. The other ones weren't and if you popped your head up in any way you were a goner. And the whole idea was you stayed under the barbed wire and you low crawled for these hundred yards that you had to go through to learn how to get to the other end. And I would say to you that was probably the toughest thing I had ever had to do in the military. Fortunately, I got through it because I was a decent athlete then and I was in shape, you know. So post, how did you leave the military? Well, basically, I had my own company. I went back, I went back and I moved uh, to the new job down in Washington, D.C. with Pete Mark. And I transferred to the National Guard down in Washington and was in the National Guard for the Washington, D.C. area as a first lieutenant. And I had my own company there, only they didn't have infantry down in that section. I became a mem member of the military police. So I did military police duty down there at my company. Uh, same thing from the National Guard viewpoint, two weeks active duty going away and going, uh, one, going every weekend, every other weekend. At your, at your reserve place in the armory. I went through that and I, I was ready to get my railroad tracks, which means like my captain's bars, and move out of my company. And then I just decided that I, it was too much. It was too much in doing what I was doing with my job and that. And I also was, I had also started playing professional football. So let me just interrupt you right there, big guy. Let's save the pro football stories for another day, okay? A sincere and hearty salute to the men and women in the military fighting for all our freedoms, both home and abroad. Anyway, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on But He Meant So Well.